Welcome to Thrive Community Podcast. We are a church community that is passionate about helping you thrive in your life with Jesus. If you're after more information about Thrive Community, hop onto our website at www.thrivecommunity.au. We hope you feel encouraged and inspired by this message. This is a word that has, has been on my heart for a little bit and off the back of last week, you know, with Ben sharing around being transformed into the image of Christ, it was something that I felt like God put on my heart to continue that conversation. We were originally going to do baby dedications or child dedications this week and we just felt like um, there was a continuation of the conversation we started last week and so we're going to continue that today and then we're going to do child dedications at our place next week. But as Ben shared, really being transformed into the likeness of Christ is, is not necessarily an easy or a quick process. As much as we would like it to happen instantly, it's something that is an ongoing process through our choices and our decisions, really on a daily basis. Right? It's more than just attending church on a Sunday. It's more than just raising your hands in worship. It's more than just having worship music on in the car. It's more than listening to Light FM. It's, it's more than just setting aside some time to pray and get in the Word of God. It's actually a daily choice. It's consistent decisions that we make, deliberate decisions that we make to surrender to Holy Spirit and what He's doing inside of us. And in order to live that kind of life, in order for God to transform us into the image of Christ, it requires a lot of wrestling with the Lord about who we are, our identity, what he's spoken over us and what he's doing in and through us. And so I wanted to spend some time this morning talking about wrestling, actually. Um, And funnily enough, in preparing this, I feel like I've really had to wrestle in preparing this word as well. I kind of rewrote nearly all of it last night at about nine o'clock, just wrestling through what I felt like God wanted to share and the direction he wanted things to go. And Look, I don't know, maybe there's a few of you that were into this growing up. Johnny, I'm not sure whether you were into WWF or WWE growing up. Not really. Okay. <laughs> um, but my brother and I were, were into it growing up. I've got a brother who's two years younger than me and spent quite a bit of time. What was WWF back then? And then I think they realized that it wasn't actually a real sport. It was more entertainment. And they had to change the acronym to WWE for World Wrestling Entertainment. And we watched guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker and, and, and all of that. And then we used to practice all of those moves at home. I think the, the one move that mum, I remember always banning was the tombstone, which was, was the undertaker's main move where you'd have someone up and then you'd kind of smash them down head first into the ground. So that was, that was the one move that was, that was always banned. But we did spend a bunch of time watching wrestling, playing wrestling. Um, and you know, while that obviously is kind of a, a, a bit of a, a silly story, I think wrestling is actually a really important part of our spiritual lives as well. And I think even in the hour that we're living in, learning how to wrestle with God is probably more important in some ways than it has been in the past because the, the world is more complicated than it, than it ever has been. Culture, it seems like, is more and more confused than it, than it ever has been. Society seems like it's becoming more and more divided. You only need to turn the news on and you see the division on different issues and, and different things going on around the world. And There also seems to be more and more deception around, both within the church and and outside of the church. It's becoming harder and harder to actually find out what the truth is, whether you call it fake news or media bias or other things. 
it's becoming harder and harder to actually understand what's really going on. And there's more and more people, to be honest, that are struggling with everything that's going on around them, all of the different things that are, that are happening. And, you know, if we went around the room this morning, I'm sure that for each of us, we'd say that there's some things that we're wrestling with, right? Maybe we're wrestling with some, some bigger questions and issues around what's happening in the world and, and what's going on. Maybe we're wrestling with some, some deeper issues in our own hearts, or maybe we're wrestling with stuff to do with our families or, or other things that are going on. And I'm sure that all of us, if we thought about it, would have something that we're wrestling with, a question that we're wrestling through, an issue that we're struggling with. Wrestling is a part of our lives and it's a part of our spiritual lives as well. And so no matter what it is that we're wrestling with or we're wrestling through, a big part of how we're going to navigate this season, whether we're able to steward what God is doing or not, will come down to how we're wrestling through the tensions and the issues that we're facing. And so I want to look at a passage from Genesis 32, Genesis 32, verses 24 to 31. And many of you might be familiar with this passage. This is Jacob wrestling with the Lord. Genesis 32, verses 24 to 31. I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation. And it says, so Jacob was left alone and a man came and wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob, he touched his hip joint and Jacob's hip was dislocated as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing on me. And so he asked him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he declared a blessing of the covenant promises on Jacob there. And so Jacob named the place Peniel, the face of God, saying, for I have seen God face to face. And just a note there, that obviously shows us that Jacob realized he was wrestling with God, that he wasn't just wrestling with a man. He names it the face of God and he says, I have seen God face to face. He realized in the moment that he was wrestling with the Lord himself. I've seen God face to face, yet my life has not been snatched away. Now the sun rose on him as he passed Penuel and he was limping because of his hip. And so I want to share a few thoughts coming out of this passage and I pray that there's, there's something in there that helps us grow in our ability to, to wrestle well in our spiritual walk. The, the first thing I want to point out that I find really interesting, it says that a man came and wrestled with Jacob, right? It was God that initiated the wrestling, which is an interesting thought in and of itself. It wasn't Jacob that initiated the wrestling. It was God came and wrestled with Jacob. And as much as we might at times not like wrestling through different issues, challenges, questions, situations, you know, our humanity would prefer immediate answers. It would prefer to stay in our comfort zone. It might prefer the easy life of success and walking through things without any issues. But, but God actually wants us to wrestle with him because it's in our wrestling with him that our identity is formed. It's in our wrestling with him that we're transformed into his likeness. It's in our wrestling with him that our walk is marked with purpose and destiny and promise. And so we need to be people as uncomfortable as it might be at times that learn to embrace a life that wrestles with God. And I think that 
that is really important that it's wrestling with God, right? Jacob didn't wrestle against God. He wrestled with God. And we need to make sure that we make that distinction really clear. There's things that we wrestle against and there's also things that we wrestle with. And so there's obviously an important part of our spiritual walk where we're wrestling against spirits, principalities, powers, Ephesians 6.12, right? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So there's, there's absolutely a place for us to wrestle against, but that's not what was happening here with Jacob. He was wrestling with God, not against him. And while learning how to wrestle against, as I've said already, is a really important part of our faith journey, If we want to be as effective as possible in wrestling against spiritual principalities and powers, we need to make sure that we know how to wrestle with God because that's where our authority, that's where our identity, that's where our purpose comes from. And so if we don't learn how to wrestle with God, we won't be as effective as we could be in wrestling against principalities and powers. And so with that as a a bit of a kind of scene setting, I, I want to look at in a bit more detail, the process that Jacob went through. And the first point I really want to focus on is that Jacob wrestled with God. He didn't wrestle with himself. And that's a really, really important distinction because so often I think when we think about the things we're wrestling with, we're we're often wrestling with ourselves or we're wrestling in our own head as opposed to wrestling with God. You see, Jacob wasn't wrestling with himself. He wasn't wrestling stuck in his own head. He was wrestling with God, wrestling in the presence of the Lord. And and if we're wrestling in the wrong wrestling ring, we're never going to get the victory that we're really believing for or the victory that that we're after. And when we think about perhaps the wrestling in our own lives, whether it's previous wrestles that we've been through or wrestles that we're, you know, working through at the moment, I wonder whether if we thought about our response and how we've navigated that, whether we've been wrestling in our own head or whether we've been wrestling with God. Are we spending more time wrestling ourselves, spending time and energy trying to work things out in our own head, playing all the different scenarios out, perhaps trying to work out what we think is the best solution, or maybe even trying to work out how to justify a solution that we want God to be on board with because we think that's the best way to solve whatever it is, that the question or the challenge is wrestling with how to avoid perhaps dealing with things that we know God is asking us to deal with, wrestling with not wanting to do something that we know God is asking us to do because that's part of the solution for the, for the ultimate question or issue that, that's in front of us, overthinking particular situations, playing conversations over and over and over again in our head, trying to work out exactly what we need to say to, to solve the question or the challenge that's in in front of us. And the reason I feel like I could go on with all of those examples is because they're all personal examples that I feel like for me as well, that I've struggled with and wrestled with. And at times I've spent far too much time wrestling with myself as well, rather than wrestling with God. But just like God came and wrestled with Jacob and Jacob engaged in that wrestle, God wants us to come to him and wrestle with those deep heart issues, wrestle with those those painful, difficult questions and bring them to him. Because if we're honest, life brings up lots of challenging questions. Life brings up, you know, difficult issues and struggles, uncertainties, delays, disappointments, all sorts of things, past decisions and choices. And 
a great indicator of how our wrestling is going is for us to think about who are we taking our questions to? When we have a difficult question, when we have a question that we're asking about something that's going on, who are we taking the questions to? Right? Are we asking those questions of ourselves, trying to sort out in our own head what we think the answer is and then asking God to give us that answer? Or are we actually taking the questions to the throne room of heaven and asking God the question itself and getting his perspective on whatever it is that we might be dealing with? I think too often, at least in my personal experience, I feel like the question gets stuck in my own head and doesn't actually make it up to the throne room to get God's perspective because I'm trying to sort it out of my head and then I feel like I've got a prayer to pray rather than taking the question to the throne room and getting God's perspective on the question without me filtering it with my own ideas of what I think the answer should be. And and looking at Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, it kind of tells us that the questions that we're asking should be decided through our relationship with Christ. And it says, Colossians 3.15, Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. That's the Amplified. I think the complete Jewish Bible translation, I love it. It says, let the shalom of the Messiah be your heart's decision maker. And it's this idea of taking questions to God and allowing his presence, his peace to be the one that decides the answer and that determines the outcome. Let the peace of Christ be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you are called as members in one body of believers and be thankful to God always. You see, if we never ask God the question, then the peace of Christ will never be able to give us the answer. Right? We need to actually grow in asking God questions. And I've wrestled with this and struggled with this. And to be honest, you know, if there's kind of, People-pleasing performance stuff in us. Sometimes it can be hard to come to God with a question because we feel like we need to you know, prove our worth by coming to him with some bold prophetic declaration or something that we're asking for rather than going, Lord, I don't know. Here's a question that I'm struggling with. What's your perspective? And in some ways, I feel like that perhaps the, the teaching subconsciously that's come through the Western church hasn't necessarily helped that cause. Right? Often... Probably some of the teaching has led to us thinking that our prayer lives is a combination of asking God for things and thanking God for things. And that's really what our prayer life is all about, right? We're either thanking God for something or we're asking God for something. And we haven't necessarily left a whole lot of room for asking God questions in the the wrestles and the things that are going on in our world. And of course, we should be thanking God for things. And of course, we should be asking God for things. But another important part of our relationship with him is asking questions and learning how to wrestle with him for the peace of Christ. Because that's just as important, if not more important in some ways, um, in shaping our identity and continuing to be transformed into the image of Christ. Because it's when we take those questions and we're wrestling with God in his presence that we begin to see things from God's perspective. It's then when we're seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus that we're, we're empowered and emboldened to walk the life that God is calling us to walk. And I think we see that in the way Jacob responds 
in that passage is Genesis 32. I find his response, to be honest, really astounding and in some ways really confronting because God tells Jacob, let me go for day is breaking. And what does Jacob say? I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing on me. What, What a bold, tenacious and a hungry response that is. I don't know if God told me to let him go. I'm not sure that I would have the boldness to come straight back and say, no, I will not let you go until I get what it is that I'm believing for. And I feel like there's probably a lot of people who are much less powerful than God. If they asked me to let them go, I'd probably be like, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but, but I love the, the boldness and kind of Jacob really found his voice in what he was believing for and found his voice in the wrestle that he was having with, with God. And, and I love that the Amplified translation here, it says, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing on me. I think a lot of other translations and the kind of literal word for word translation is, you know, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And, and, and again, I think sometimes our mindset here is that, that Jacob was after some kind of material blessing, right? That Jacob was saying, I will not let you go unless you make me more successful, unless you give me more land, unless you give me more kids. But, but I don't think Jacob was talking about material blessing in that kind of Western definition of success type of blessing. Right? It goes on and again, the Amplified helpfully says that the God declared a blessing of the covenant promises on Jacob. I wasn't saying, yeah, Jacob, you can have more land. I'll give you more sheep. I'll give you more goats. I'll, I'll whatever, have, let you have more gold and silver. But no, it was a blessing of the covenant promises on Jacob. And, and I think Jacob was hungry and desperate to make sure that he didn't miss out on his spiritual inheritance, that he received all that was available for him, that he was included in the covenant promises and blessings of God for his day, for his generation. He wanted to make sure that he wasn't going to miss out on his role and his part in God's plan for how he was revealing himself in that day. And, and I love that. And my prayer is that it would be the same for us, right? That we also would, would find our voice and get bold and get tenacious and get hungry, not just you know, wrestling with God for material blessings, but actually getting hungry and bold and tenacious and wrestling with God where we say, Lord, I don't want to let you go. I don't want to miss what you have for me and how your covenant promises and covenant purposes are going to be fulfilled in this day. Right? I don't want to miss the role that you have for me and the spiritual inheritance you have for me in my life in this day. I want to play my part in your covenant promises coming to pass in this generation. And... The, the challenge is if we spend too much time wrestling with ourselves, too much time in our own head, then we'll struggle to find that boldness. We'll struggle to find our voice in those, in those moments because we're, we're stuck in ourselves and we won't have the answers that we need when we're faced with challenges and, and opposition. And as I said, I, I feel like I'm preaching to myself just as much as, as anyone this morning that I've been there Many times in my own journey, just even thinking about conversations that have come up at different times at work where there's perhaps an opportunity to talk about Jesus or to stand up for truth. And I've probably been stuck in my own head, worried about what someone else is going to think. And as a result of that, I haven't been able to find my voice. As a result of that, I've been silent. Instead of actually wrestling with the Lord 
in his presence. And from that place, I get perspective. From that place, I'm empowered to be able to speak out his truth rather than being stuck in my own head. And and again, I feel like maybe that's a picture of perhaps what has happened in parts of the church over the last little while. It feels like the church has been silent in areas where really it should have found its voice over the last little while. And, And I wonder whether perhaps we've lost our voice, we've lost our ability to be able to have answers for some of the challenges that society is facing because we've been stuck wrestling within ourselves, right? Perhaps worried about what the world is going to think if we stand up too strong, if we're too bold, if we're too radical in our love for Jesus. And instead of wrestling with God and rising up, finding our voice to declare his truth, his purpose and his promises, we've been stuck in ourselves and lost our voice as a, as a church and as the body of Christ. And now we find a world that is lost and hurting and it does seem like it's almost getting to the point where they, they're struggling to come up with answers amongst themselves and they need someone to come with truth. And this is a time where as a church we could actually arise, find our voice and bring answers to some of the things that are going on around us, bringing answers to a lost and hurting world. But that in itself obviously is a lot easier said than done. How how do we actually grow in boldness, right? We've probably all been in situations where we would have liked to have been more bold, where we would have liked to have said something, but in fact, we we held back. How, How do we grow in boldness and tenacity when we're wrestling with with God? Well, I wanna suggest that that we grow in boldness, we grow in hunger, we grow in that tenacity when we grow in faith. Right? Because it's, it's greater faith and trust in God that ultimately leads us to greater boldness and being more confident in who he is and his promises and, and his character. That means we can step out in a way that we hadn't before. And so when it comes to wrestling with God, I wonder what, what does faith look like? And I want to look at another verse from Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 to 4. And again, I feel like I'm just using the Amplified Bible this morning. And it says, We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we pray always for you, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. And this is how the Amplified Bible defines the faith of the Colossians. It says, How you lean on him with absolute confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. I think that's an awesome definition. Leaning on God with absolute confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness and of the unselfish love which you have for all the saints, God's people. So this is telling me that that faith is is leaning on God, leaning our questions, our struggles, our disappointments and our doubts on him with confidence in his power, his wisdom and his goodness. So if, if we're walking by faith, really, we should be walking with a lean based on that. A leaning, tilting, an inclination towards the Lord. Constantly leaning on Jesus. And so we don't just take our questions to God and ask the question and then retreat back into ourselves. But actually, we're called to be people in wrestling with God where we bring our questions to Him. We let our questions rise to the throne room of heaven. But then in doing that, we're leaning on his power, wisdom and goodness 
in providing a solution and an answer and a strategy for a way forward. That's what faith looks like, right? Just asking the question alone isn't enough. We also need to find ourselves in a place where we're trusting in Him and His wisdom, His power, His goodness in a way that means we're willing to take His response and then implement it in our lives. And, you know, I I love thinking about you know, how all this might play out and the, and the pictures that come to me, even just thinking about the way the Amplified describes this, those three words, power, wisdom, and goodness, right? No matter what we're wrestling with, at least one of those probably is the answer for what it is that we're going through, right? If we had more of God's power, if we had more of God's wisdom, if we had more of God's goodness, somewhere in there, we've probably got what we need for the question that we're asking, for the struggle that we're in the midst of, Maybe we need God's power to break in and and shift something and change something. And it's faith and trust leaning on his power that might break something open in our circumstances and situations. Maybe it's his wisdom. We don't know how to navigate a particular circumstance or situation. And it's leaning on his wisdom. And that will give us the insight that we need to be able to have the conversation we need to have, to be able to do whatever it is that we might need to do. Or his goodness. You know, some of those deep heart issues, perhaps, that we're wrestling with around identity or other things, it might be leaning on his goodness and his faithfulness and his, his overwhelming love for us that is the answer to help us work through whatever it is that we're dealing with at the moment. You see, in the spirit, faith looks like walking and leaning on God. And I have this picture of someone kind of, you know, leaning to one side as they're walking down. And, and I wonder whether perhaps we kind of have that in our own spiritual walk. I was looking at a, another passage this week from, from 1 Kings chapter 18, and it's where Elijah is going up Mount Carmel to confront the prophets of Baal. And as he gets up there, he asks the people of Israel one question. In the, the ESV translation, it says, how long will you go on limping between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And it's this idea that, you know, that, that phrase, the, the literal translation, it was an idiom of the day that was, how long will you go on limping on two crutches? And, and I wonder whether our walk sometimes, we're either leaning towards the world or we're leaning towards the Lord. We're either leaning on him or we're leaning on the opinion of the world and, you know, our own coping mechanisms. And my prayer is that we would be those through our wrestle with God, that we're always leaning on him rather than leaning the other way. And so as we're talking about leaning and walking with a lean, you know, what happened to Jacob when he wrestled with God? God touched his hip and he was walking with a limp. And one of the definitions of the word used for limp in Genesis 32 is to incline to one side. You know, it suggests to me that through Jacob's wrestle with God, he came out of that leaning to one side, limping through his faith, fully dependent and reliant on God. Jacob was limping. He was leaning on God. And and, and I do genuinely believe that there is a kind of God type of limping and there's an unhealthy type of limping. Right, the question that Elijah asked the people of Israel, they were limping, they were hobbling in their spiritual walk because they were torn between Baal and the Lord. They were leaning one way one day in the temple of God, leaning the other way the next day in the temple of Baal. But here, 
I believe that Jacob was leaning to one side, limping just with one hip that had been touched. And he was leaning on God in faith, absolute confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness. And my prayer is that we all also would be people who are limping in our spiritual walk in the sense of we are leaning on the Lord. But amazingly, Jacob didn't just come out walking different. Right? He also came out of his wrestle with God with a whole new identity and a whole new name. Right? And, and the Lord said to Jacob in that passage in Genesis 32, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And some of you would, would know what the Hebrew word for, for Jacob means. Right? It comes from the Hebrew word for deceiver or supplanter, or also it's similar to the word for heel. And, and that was the name given to Jacob because when he was born, he was holding on to his twin brother Esau's heel um, when, he was, when he was born. But he had this label over him of deceiver. And he obviously deceived his, his dad out of his birthright that it was due to Esau. But in this moment, God changes his name. In the midst of the wrestle, he changes his name to Israel, which means God prevails or God fights. And, and I believe that it's in our wrestling with God that we're able to leave behind perhaps some of the, the painful identities of the past, some of the, the false identities that the world has tried to put on us, and we can step into our God-given destiny and identity. You see, my prayer is that we would be people who are growing in our wrestle with God, because the more that we wrestle with God, the more that we're transformed into his image, the more that we're transformed into the likeness of Christ, the more that we step into the fullness of our identity as sons and daughters of God. And without that wrestle, we won't have the same transformation. Without that wrestle, we won't see the, the fullness of the identity that God has for us begin to be displayed in and through our lives. I feel like wrestling with God is actually a really important part of our spiritual walk and something perhaps that we don't necessarily talk about a whole lot because our prayer life is you know, either thanking God for things or asking God for things rather than wrestling with him. And again, not wrestling with ourselves, not wrestling in our own head, but genuinely taking things to the Lord and wrestling with him in his presence. And look, I don't have much more that I wanted to say this morning apart from just summarizing that, that wrestling with God, it importantly takes us away from wrestling with ourselves. Right? When we ask the question and we take it up to the Lord, it means that it's no longer stuck just in our own heads. And when we take our questions to him, we can find answers in his presence that we'll never be able to find in our own heads. Right? There's answers at the throne room of God that we will never be able to come up with if we're limited to our own intellect and our own emotional understanding. But also in his presence, we find a fresh boldness and we rediscover our voice in wrestling for the covenant promises of God to be fulfilled in our lives and in our generation where a bit like Jacob, right? I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing on me. It's this sense of, I don't want to miss out on my purpose and my role in what you have for me, Lord, for this hour and for this day. And wrestling leads us just as Jacob was limping and leaning to one side, where we lean with absolute confidence in faith, in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God. And as we come out of that wrestle,
we come out with more of our God-given identity than we went in before. And we were talking about this a few weeks ago, and I think I might have even brought it up in the conversation last Sunday, that you know, we're in a time of shaking. We're in a time where there's a whole lot of stuff going on, and that brings up questions and wrestles all the time. And that prophecy in, in, in Haggai about you know, rebuilding the temple off the back of the shaking, that, that the latter temple will be more glorious than the previous one. And I feel like learning how to wrestle well will help, help us come through this season with greater glory than when we went in. Come through this season with greater identity, greater authority, greater power than when we went in. As long as we allow the wrestle to move outside of our heads and actually take place with God in the throne room of heaven.